I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. This is Life Sentences. And my name is Kintan Pastrana. This is a podcast on the best of poetry and prose. Now, in this episode, I'll take you through a movie that had a huge impact in my life, as with others. I'm talking, of course, about the 1997 Andrew Nichol film, Gattaca. Now, for a film that's over 20 years old, and like some of its counterparts of that vintage and beyond, it's not only aged well, it truly is a gift that keeps on giving, as some of the most powerful works of art tend to be. In 1997, Gattaca was considered science fiction, But looking back now, it seemed like a foretelling of what is to come. To get a better sense of what I mean, let me bring in Kat Ventura, Puma Podcast News producer. Hi, Kintin. Thanks for having me here at Life Sentences. No worries, Kat. As I was saying, our current technology seems to have caught up with science fiction from two decades ago. I don't want to go too much into the plot of Gattaca, but at least let's describe the setting. It's basically a dystopian world where medical experts can single out undesirable traits from embryos even before they're implanted in their mother's uteri and carried to full term. Now, those kids who grew up with genetically engineered DNA have more opportunities available to them when they grow up, while those left to chance, as they say, are relegated to blue-collar jobs. That kind of social segregation thankfully hasn't happened yet, But we're at the cusp of that level of genetic engineering technology. We're not just talking about influencing the sex of your unborn baby. We're talking about shopping for certain attributes to give to your baby. What's this reproductive technology called? The procedure that allows parents to mix and match their baby's traits is called pre-implantation genetic diagnosis, or PGD. So you have the fertilized embryo in a dish, And aside from being able to choose the gender of the baby, PGD also allows parents to choose their would-be baby's eye color and even to possibly remove genetic disorders that the child could suffer from. But the technology itself that allows medical experts to carry out the parents' wishes is called CRISPR. That's spelled as C-R-I-S-P-R. It's an acronym for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. Basically, CRISPR is a gene editing tool that scientists use to remove and replace faulty genes in our DNA with great accuracy. That means they can not only alter the genetic makeup of an individual to make sure he or she won't have a certain genetic disorder or trait, but it can also eradicate certain genetic diseases when used in a much wider scale. Yes, and that's what the first CRISPR babies were made as proof of concept for. Chinese scientist He Kuai recruited an HIV-positive man to father Lulu and Nana, not their real names, with an HIV-negative mother. The goal was for the twin girls to be born with genetic resistance to HIV. He's targeted a gene called CCR5, 
which refers to a protein that HIV uses to infect healthy cells. His goal was to mutate CCR5 to a CCR5 delta 32, a gene naturally occurring in some people that makes them resistant to the infection. So, CCR5 delta 32 is like a lock, so to speak, that prevents HIV from entering a cell and infecting it. Was this Chinese scientist successful? Of course, the whole idea of having gene-edited babies shocked the world. It's worth noting that He didn't publish the data underlying his works. It was also later found out that the CRISPR girl's altered genes are not exactly matched with the naturally occurring Delta 32 mutation, which means it's also unclear if they're resistant to HIV because of the gene alteration or just because of its unintended side effects. Questions also remain on the health condition of the girls as they grow up. Now, this may not be a successful attempt to alter the human gene with great precision, but it surely did make the existence of that kind of technology known worldwide. It also raised bioethical questions and even inspired new regulations on gene editing. Thanks, Kat, for your insights. All the scientific realities aside, Gataka has made a personal significance for me. Gataka is an alchemy of science fiction and fate, identity versus crushing conformity, the power of the individual to transcend the dystopian system on their own terms, captured by one of the film's bylines, that there is no gene for the human spirit. It's truly been a touchstone since the first time I chanced upon it on a late-night cable show in the middle of my 20s on the question a lot of us still ask, what can I still make of my life? From overcoming a learning disability to squeezing in and studying the best universities in the world, to competing in an industry of larger and more entrenched interests, and to chasing what and who you love against all the odds and letting the journey transform you regardless of the outcome. I picked some excerpts from the movie that can help you better understand what I mean. But I'm going to need some help with reading the dialogue. I'll be reading Vincent's lines. He's the protagonist in the movie. Basically, his life has been predetermined the minute he was born. A genetic test said that he has huge chances of developing a number of illnesses during his lifetime. And the possibility of getting sick limits his options on how to live his life. Carl Joe Javier will read Vincent's dad's parts. And Kat will read mom's. Let's begin. I understood that there was something different flowing through my veins. And I need more than a drop if I was going to get anywhere. Our favorite game was chicken. When our parents weren't watching, we'd swim out as far as we dared. It was about who could get scared and turn back first. Of course, it was always me. Anton, my brother, was by far the stronger swimmer. And he had no excuse to fail. Maybe it was the love of the planets or my growing dislike for this one. But for as long as I can remember, I have dreamed of going into space. My goals didn't change a lot in the intervening years, much to my parents' dismay. You have to be realistic with your heart condition. Mom, there's a chance that there's nothing wrong with my heart. Well, one in a hundred. Well, I'll take it. The trouble is, son, they won't. Listen, for God's sake, you've got to understand something. The only way you'll see the inside of a spaceship is to clean it. My father was right. It didn't matter how much I lied in my resume. My real resume was in my cells. 
Why should anybody invest all that money to train me when there are a thousand other applicants with a far cleaner profile? Of course, it's illegal to discriminate. Genoism, it's called. No one takes the law seriously. But if you refuse to disclose, they can always take a sample from a door handle or handshake. Even the saliva on your application form. If in doubt, a legal drug test can easily just become an illegal peek at your future in the company. It was the last time we swam together and out into the open sea. Like always, knowing each stroke to the horizon was one we'd have to make back to the shore. But something was very different about that day. Every time Anton tried to pull away, he found me right beside him. Until finally, the impossible happened. It was the one moment in our lives that my brother was not as strong as he believed, and I was not as weak. It was the moment that made everything else possible. We'll flash forward years later when Anton, now a detective, finds and confronts Vincent, who against all the odds and authorities has become an astronaut at Gattaca. This time, another producer of Puma Podcast, Mark Casillan, will be reading Anton's lines. Anton is Vincent's younger brother. His genes were engineered before he was born. My God, you have changed. Don't you recognize your own brother? Are we brothers? Our parents both died thinking they'd outlived you. Well, I had my doubts. What are you doing here, Anton? I should ask you that question. I have the right to be here. You don't. You almost sound as if you believe that. I committed no murder, and you must be disappointed. You committed fraud, and you're in trouble. I can get you out of here. Do you have any idea what it took to get me in here? You've got as far as you can go. Come with me now. My brother, there are still a few million miles left to go. It's over. Is that the only way you can succeed? To see me fail? God, even you are going to tell me what I can and cannot do now. Well, in case you haven't noticed, I don't need any rescuing. But you did, once. Well, you've got all the answers. How do you explain that? You didn't beat me that day. I beat myself. Who are you trying to convince? Do you want me to prove it to you? Do you want me to prove it to you? It's not important, Anton. It's forgotten. Do you want me to prove it to you? I'll prove it to you. I do. The movie then cuts back to the open sea, where the brothers used to play the same swim race when they were kids. Where's the shore? You want to quit? We're too far out. How are you doing this? How have you done this? How have you done any of this? We have to go back. It's too late for that. We're closer to the other side. What other side? You want to drown us both? You want to know how I did it? This is how I did it, Anton. I never saved anything for the swim back. Cut to the end as Vincent takes flight on a ship that will take him to Jupiter and beyond his appointed life. For someone who was never meant for this world, I must confess... I'm suddenly having a hard time leaving it. Of course, they say every atom in our bodies was once part of a star. 
Maybe I'm not leaving. Maybe I'm going home. I think that pretty much sums up the theme of the movie. Kat Ventura, Carl Joe Javier, and Marc Casillan, thank you for joining us today. This episode was produced by Janina Magundayo and edited by Nico Bolante of Puma Podcast. Life Sentences is a co-production with Puma Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.